Everyone, hi, hello. Welcome to another very exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting in my studio on a Friday evening. The days are getting long in California, so it's still light out, which is creating a lot of issues when it comes to bath time and bedtime for my kids because they know that bedtime should be happening when it's dark. And they feel that bath time should also be happening when it's dark and discussions of daylight savings are just sailing right over their pretty short heads. So uh, this is just some background color. I hear Tony chuckling in the background and I wonder, is that um, a supportive chuckle? Is that a derisive chuckle? Thankfully, I can just crane my head less than 45. No. 90? No. Does anyone have a protractor? I'm forgetting my angles, but just a little bit to the right, which is actually more of a movement than if we were on Zoom. Because if we were on Zoom, I could just look straight ahead and just move my eyeballs up a tiny bit. But I still prefer it. We're That's right. We're still in person. I am, if you've been following along, $40,000 richer because Tony has offered, and it just makes good financial sense. Don't question it too much. Has offered to pay me $40,000... That's the sound of my wallet. I have, um, I now carry around a full size cash register in my wallet. <laughs> it just, again, it just makes in good sense. Wallet. I carry it in the, it's a giant wallet, Tony. Wow. It, it when I put it in my jeans pocket, my pants fall off. <laughs> At, uh, I should probably get some yeah, that, kind of. <laughs> this doesn't sound great. You might no, want to rethink this. I know. It's, uh, people are afraid to invite me places. <laughs> yeah. So, it's been, it's been complicating certain things, but yeah. it's worth it yeah. just to hear that sound. Right. Do it again. It makes heads turn. That's the sound of me. Your pants hitting the floor. I should be careful. We're tr- we're treading into dangerous cultural stereotypes. I mean, against me. How so? Well, my last name's Rosen. I don't think a cash oh. register should be popping open when I walk into the room or anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't think everyone's thinking this. I'm yeah, just saying, I wasn't thinking that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I do appreciate this. I do appreciate the um, the forty thousand. I appreciate the in person. It's the least I could do. <laughs> it's the least you could do. <laughs> You're here in person. This is now our third Monday show in person. Yes. We also did a group show in person. I think people appreciate hearing. The highlights from our calendar. <laughs> Welcome, Tony. Thank you. How's it going? It's going all right. It's been a it's been a strange day for me. Uh, just a very not me day because uh, I went to went to a rock and roll show last night, mm-hmm. and I was out much later than I ever am, which led to me being up later than I ever am, which led to me sleeping in, which means I got up at eight thirty, and. Uh, Wow. But that compared to the rest of the week, I was I've been sleeping terribly. I was getting up between five thirty and six every day this week. Wow. <laughs> Not on purpose. It was just happening. And uh and then so I just it felt kind of crazy tired and a little off today. Now because because you're a real heathen who slept in till eight thirty. 
Yeah, well, I got up at 8.30, and then immediately after getting up, I was like, kind of want to go back to bed. Yeah. And I did get back in bed, but I I, I can't nap, though. Is it because you were wearing shoes? We know you put your shoes on right away. (laughs) I did take them off before I got back in the bed, but... Now... And I want to bring in our guest soon. Oh, no. People want to hear this for at least an hour. Okay. I know we're losing listeners. I can hear them (laughs) dropping right now. But when you were getting up, sorry, you said between 5.30 and 6? Yeah. Which I think is around the time Bridger Weiniger, another Mm in-person. No, he gets up at 6.45 and then reads a book um, and eats a protein bar, which I don't know why I'm saying it (laughs) in that way. I actually, I'm envious of it that's yeah. great um no but when you get up between five thirty and 6 now do you at that point go straight do your morning routine of going straight into the shower and then mm-hmm. putting on shoes yeah everything's the same it's just okay. earlier just earlier yeah and what does your dog do what does he Bentley does do? he does whatever i do okay he's, he's just with- he's super easy and he's like we're gonna get up cool we're gonna stay here lay down more cool mm-hmm. yeah. that's the same with wendy and daniel Mm-hmm. She's like a barnacle on Daniel. So if he's going to sleep till noon, which does not happen very often, but if he wanted to, yeah, she'd be pretty okay with that. If you wanted to get up at, actually, if you wanted to get up at seven thirty, she would still sleep in. Yeah. So I take yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes he would, but it doesn't. It doesn't take too much coaxing to get him to get up. Right. Yeah. He's so. still a young guy. Yeah. Wendy's in her. What What are her golden years? Is that what? Yeah. How She's old is she? Be eight. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Bentley's in dog years, she's older than I am now. Yeah, who? Th- I didn't think it was possible. I- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I guess she was older than I was last year too. You know what? Let's go back to talking about <laughs> angles and protractors. Okay. Uh, how? Oh my God! Once again, Tony, I was going to look for a timer, mm. and uh, can, that can you bring? Can that backup recorder slide over here so I can see how many minutes um, of possibly. people's lives I've we're wasted? We're about forty-five minutes in right now. <laughs> No, really. I mean, it feels like I'm going to guess we're like six minutes in. Yeah, that's uh, dead, oh, dead on. Oh, my God. Tony. You did it, boss. Oh, my God. Take me to a <laughs> carnival for podcast listeners and let people No, Let me. I don't know what the game is. I don't either. I don't this is a very specific is. carnival. <laughs> it's just for me. Take me to a carnival of podcast listeners and let me compete with people where I guess how far into a show we are. <laughs> All right. I can't wait. That sounds like so much fun. For me, it would be fun. <laughs> okay. This is five minutes too many of all of this. <laughs> and you know when I say five minutes too many, I'm dead on. I don't say that casually. Yeah, of course. I just indicated I'm very good at specific time codes. And you just proved it, yeah. It's yeah. my like you're you're a drummer, so if you say quarter note, you mean quarter note. Damn right. And when I, I'm a podcaster who's very good with stuff like this. So when I say five minutes, I mean five minutes on the nose. I better see that in some reviews people write of the show. <sighs> on Apple Podcasts, please, you guys. Or wherever you listen. You can leave a review anywhere. But I check Apple Podcast reviews for you know what? I should probably just che- be checking all of them because I do iTunes podcast of the week and then I stop myself and I say, I mean, Apple podcast reviews of the week because that's what it's called now. But really, it should just be reviews of the week and I should check yeah. all of them. You can, Yeah, I don't even know how you find them on the other ones. I, I don't either. Although, to be fair, I haven't tried. You know, we have a young people council now. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a young person czar, but right. more than one young person wrote in for the position. So now we have a young person council, which is a group email, mm. which I haven't put together yet, but... <laughs> I will. 
I'm going to have to write to the Young People Council and find out how do I check all the reviews. Okay. You I'm going to do keep that. Keep me posted on that. Okay. And look, it's probably another... F- now we're at minute seven. <laughs> oh, Wait, you've, what? You've lost your touch. Oh, no, it's minute 818. Yeah. It's a long Put intro. Put the carnival on hold. <laughs> okay. You guys, she is a political commentator. Sometimes... I say that and she corrects me because it's not specifically that. So either I nailed it or I didn't quite nail it. She is a writer. She has written a book. She has children. She's a podcaster. She's been on this show a number of times. She's a fan favorite. Put your hands together for Mary Catherine Hamm. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I really enjoyed that. It was like a tight 17 from two of my favorite <laughs> podcasters live in person. It was so much. It was, it was so long and it, and it was not all gold. Um, wait a minute. I feel like either I have called you a pundit and you've been like, no, they call me a commentator. No, there's a different, it makes no difference at all, but that technically I am a commentator oh, so I, versus a contributor. I don't different networks it. do it different ways. Okay. Yes. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. So I did and for CNN is what for I should CNN. say. Yes. yes. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. You're just in town for just a blip. I am. This is uh, my first time leaving my new baby. So it's a very short trip. Yes. Very short. Two nights and I got to get back. And you were here to do Bill Maher. Yes. In person. Yes. How'd it go? It was very fun. I like doing in-person stuff. I I, mm-hmm. I strive to make all of my performances worth forty thousand dollars, <laughs> whether whether I am paid that or not. Um, we'll talk later, Tony. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, it was really fun. Uh, they have a live audience. Uh, it's smaller than it used to be. Mm-hmm. There's two people on the panel versus three. Various COVID changes, um, but it's really fun. You get like people responding to you in real life. It's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so since we last had you on the show, and you really have come on, I should have counted, but you've been on so many times. I love it. It's a yeah. It's a few. It's like every every major life event. Yes. I come on your show. I know. So. <laughs> so had you? I don't think you had had Holly. Oh, do you say her name publicly? It's okay. It's out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you had had your daughter. No, you were pregnant last time. Yes. So. Uh, in keeping with what you said, the tradition—it makes sense that you would be here. Got to come back and yeah, check the box on the new kid. Your you daughter know? is six months old, so you have no business looking as glamorous as you do. Oh, thank I mean, you. I feel like you're taller than last time I saw you. I th- it's just the boots. Okay, <laughs> my boots tricked you. You're extra tan. You're statuesque. Your hair is. Uh, there's not a video component to this one because you're in person, but is this just a curling iron? Is it a curling wand? What did they use on your uh, hair? I believe it was a flat iron that she curled with. Oh, that's extra fancy. Yes. So thanks to Brenda over at Belmar. She always does a fantastic job. She did a really good job. It's uh, not me. Do they ask you like, what do you, do they say any requests? Yes, but I'm terrible at that. I'm like, whatever you, you want. I don't, I don't have, I guess I do have preferences, but I, she's also just very good. So I just say like, go for it. I've gotten better at doing my own makeup and hair during COVID. Mm -hmm. So I have more opinions probably, but they're like, what lip, what I'm like, I don't know, waves and whatever you want to do with my lips. That's fine. Well, she did a really good job. And I don't like fake lashes. That's, that's my one outlier TV thing. Everybody likes fake fake lashes except for me. How come you don't like them? I feel like I see them in the corner of my eye and then I'm looking weird and shifty. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we both used to go on Fox News shows. You yes. went on Fox way more than I did. Um, but we met because we both used to do Red Eye. Yes. 
back when we both used to do Fox, did you have specific makeup requirements? Because that's like a whole different level of heavy makeup. No, but you know what? I should have because, and I, I loved the makeup artist there, but the look there was very glam mm-hmm. and very glam works for some people. I have many friends who it works for. It made me look older. Oh, it was it was not the best look for me. I went over to CNN and I did another appearance at one point on MSNBC and they did me in like five seconds and I was like, well, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> no, and, you, yeah, you get like indoctrinated into this idea that you need to apply it with a spackle right. for television. And then I got on set and I thought, well, 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 look Who's at this, this young filly. Fresh faced. <laughs> this, this young woman. So, um, so I think it's just a different look. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't gotten my hair done. I haven't gotten done at Fox in many years. Right. So. so we have a lot of things to talk about. Obviously, we need to catch up on you have a six month old. You have older girls who have bunk beds and I just got bunk beds for my boys. So ah. we need to talk about that. Um, we have some questions from patrons. You turned me on to eyeliner and they recently discontinued it and you didn't even know about this. I didn't. I'm so. at, this is going to make me very sad. I don't. Well, they haven't. They have a a new one now that I think okay. is the replacement. So, and I used it tonight, and I th- it's think it's going to be okay. I mean, it looks very good. Thank you. I think it's going to be okay. Okay. I just wanted you know to go straight to the source. Yeah. Which I guess would actually be Lor- Carol, I mean, Carol of Lorac. Or, yeah. Carol would be the one to ask, but I'm second. But this, yeah, <laughs> the second in command, which is you. Um, we need to talk about getting hammered. Your podcast, which I was listening to earlier, um. This podcast you kind of soft launched, which comes out twice a week. I had no idea you were doing a podcast twice a week. You need to, if you don't mind me telling you how to live your life, you need to make more noise about it, Mary I Catherine. Do. I do. This yeah. is true. Okay. We soft launched it partly because I was still pregnant when we started it. And so we were sort of getting our feet under us. And then I had a baby and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'll come back pretty soon after the baby, but I don't want to like blow this whole thing up but i what i told what i told people was like hey if i start before the baby it's easier to pick up a ball that's in play Mm -hmm. than it is to start something after a baby well it turns out i had the baby and me being the crazy person i am after i have a baby i came back four days later three days later to do a birth story podcast (laughs) because i was like well what am i why would i not exploit this baby for listens right Right. that's what i did both times and both times i kind of regret that i didn't take more time off and have like a traditional maternity leave, but I just felt like, and it wasn't even, um, it wasn't even to exploit it like you. Yeah. <laughs> was, no, mine was, this is third kid. I was definitely exploiting it. <laughs> it was more like, I just want, I, I wanted to talk about no, it. There's a, you ha- you have things you yeah. want to talk a, through. Exactly. After that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And, uh, so that was the reason it was a little bit soft launch and you're mm-hmm. right. I am not good at disciplining myself to promote things properly. And I need to be better <laughs> about that. So tell me, uh, tell me about the show and who your co-host is. So my co-host is Vic Mattis, who's an editor at the Washington Free Beacon, which is a political uh, publication. He worked with me at the Weekly Standard, um, a now defunct political magazine. Uh, He's great. He's a huge, um, he's a raconteur. He's like a man about town. Mm -hmm. Um, He loves food and wine, writes about those things frequently. Like we, you know, weaseled his way into a job where he gets to write about food and wine and fancy restaurants. Good gig. Um, and he's just a great person to chat with. So we do a newsy show, but it has sort of a morning show vibe. Um, it's a little right wingy because that's who I am. We have to, we have to embrace that. Is it who that. he is as well? He's right of center, but mm-hmm. we're both sort of like, you know, right of center, but not loony. Right. Depending on the <laughs> issue. 
sometimes I'm loony. Uh, I just pick my, I just pick my fights. Loony spots. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it does come with that bent, but it, uh, it covers just general news, maybe three topics a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, you know, so, sometimes that's the issue I need to talk about. I was listening to the most recent episode and everyone knows I am not right of center. I'm uh, very far left of center. So I wondered, is this going to put my panties in a bunch? And my panties stayed where they are. Oh, okay. pretty. I like my panties, and I've talked about this on the show. I like the panties to be really on, like, really on either side of my butt cheeks, not even near the crack. People who. Do you wear G-strings? I do not. I don't, I don't get it. That. Tony, do you wear a G-string? Not usually. I don't understand. Unless absolutely necessary for the wardrobe choice. I, in which case, I might change the wardrobe choice. That's, yes. I just cannot. I don't. I can't be that. I can't have a... St- well, plus with your pants falling down with a cash register <laughs> uh, wallet. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I, yeah, I, just, uh, I just find it too uncomfortable. But anyway, yeah. So my panties stay where they were. Yeah, because you guys... I mean, you talked about... Uh, you talked about getting ready for this trip. You talked about your daughter's school project. It was a lot of personal stuff, which I enjoyed. Yes. And then um, news stories and, it, you know, it, well-produced clips, things like that. Um, I didn't find it super, I mean, obviously, like, political, but not super duper heavily political, where that's someone it. like me who's not a wonk, I still found it accessible. That's and what we're going for. So Amber Heard, yeah. yeah. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. No, I, I never, as I've always, my, basically, the, the goal of my career has been to talk about politics without being a total blowhard. Mm-hmm. So that is what we attempt. Um, and I always try to be fair to those who disagree with me. And like try to voice that position sometimes if it's not in the mix, which is what I do on TV as well. Uh, so I hope that it comes off that way. Now, Vic mentioned something. You guys were talking about your daughter's Earth Day project, yes. which is to pick up trash. Well, so they had to do something sort of beautifying or take caring, taking care of the Earth. And so that, that was the that was the move we made. And Vic mentioned something about like, just don't pick up. Just be careful of bottles Something like encountering bottles filled with a yellow liquid. Maybe it's beer. And I was thinking, is he being facetious? Because there's no... If you encounter an empty bottle filled with yellow liquid, there's no way that's beer. It's 100% urine. He was being facetious. Okay, good. Because I didn't want to have to break it to him. No, I'll send him a note about that. (laughs) And then you mentioned something I'd forgotten about, which is so gross. Yes. The bottle of... uh, what would you even call that? Tobacco uh, juice. Yeah, dip spit. You, you grew up in Virginia at some point, right? So mm-hmm. you know these things. Yeah. Uh, in the state of North Carolina, that's actually our, our state drink, is the dip spit <laughs> in a Mountain Dew bottle. Uh, no, it's so disgusting. And as I said, woe betide the person who f- who picks up the wrong bottle oh, God. from the floorboards of a car and is cursed in that way. Yuck. It's very dangerous. Dangerous. That's not a carnival game you want to play. No. No. <laughs> So yeah, I really liked the show. Um, that must keep you pretty well. I find doing I do three podcasts a week. I know, I'm, but doing it twice a week must keep you. Well, now busy. that I do it two times a week, I'm like, damn, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, right? It's a lot. It's a lot. But I enjoy it, and Vic is so easy to work with, and we have a nice back and forth. And I knew that that would be the case, so it was pretty easy to fall into that. And then I have to follow the news anyway, so it's like, you know, let's just shoot the shit about. A couple of stories. By the way, I gave up cussing for Lent, and now I can cuss again. And I did oh. it all over Bill Maher's show. <laughs> and I did back. Now, which is, I don't think 
supposed to be the lesson you learned from your Lenten <laughs> sacrifice. Nonetheless, here I am. Was it hard? Yes. I think I, I think it helped though. I got rid of yeah, this podcast aside. I got rid of a lot of my casual cussing. Mm-hmm. I still like you stub your toe. I said something bad. I got real riled up. I'd say something bad, but I, I really cut down on a lot of it. What's your go-to? What oh, was your go-to? I use the F word way too much. Way too much. My children probably think it's, I don't know. I don't know what they think it is. <laughs> I know my, my two-year-old did once use it when she was saying she didn't want to brush her teeth. And I was like, <laughs> mom needs to back off of that. This was years ago. It's better now. They know they're not supposed to talk that way. Yeah. I think Elliot, I can't remember if it's Elliot or Owen. I'm pretty sure it was Elliot. He said something like, oh, talk. I was like, what did you say? <laughs> but he thought it was tuck. So yeah, stick with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I do want to get into the the birth story. But first, let's just get it. The, the thing that everyone is here to find out about. I and I only just found out about this and file this under et to Mary Catherine, <laughs> a.k.a betrayal (laughs) um i didn't know until moments before we started that you have an ongoing instagram direct message chain with tony thaxton my tony thaxton (laughs) where i mean that alone we should talk but (laughs) i do own him but i'll allow it but on this chain, you let him know that you take his side on stuff you hear on the show. <laughs> so allow, does everyone take a moment to digest that? They're all going, yeah, okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> and then I said, oh, like what? And then you said, well, I'll pull it up. So I think everyone deserves to know. All right. Well, this, it's really, it's hot stuff. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first one is I tell Tony. And yeah, I'm, as you know, I'm a fan of the show. I love that. So I like to back channel everybody on the show. (laughs) I say, uh, don't let them gaslight you about Don and Don, Tony. Don is clearly different from Don. My lawn outside my house is not the same as Lon Chaney. I will accept this as like some kind of regional insanity. (laughs) This is, I mean, that goes all the way back to Jeff. This has been a long, or perhaps you would say long going, or I don't know. I don't know how you say long, a long, long, it's a long running thing on the show. To me, all of those are pronounced the same. I get that to other people, they're all different. It's just the sound I don't hear. Yeah. I mean, I hear it, but I don't lawn the lawn outside how do you say is that how you say so that's the lawn uh-huh lawn it has sort of an awe mm-hmm. and then lawn cheney is just ah <laughs> okay <laughs> now do dawn girl and dawn guy dawn girl dawn boy sorry those were the same do it again <laughs> dawn and dawn dawn and yeah. Don. It's a, yeah. It's okay. You're, there yeah. you go. That's the exact Is that how you do it, it. Mm-hmm. Tony? Say, yeah. do it again. Don. 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 You're turning into a Chicago now. <laughs> Don and Don. Let me do it. I'm Don and Don show. I want to do it to the level that you did it. So let me do So do it again. Don. Don. 
Dawn Dan. <laughs> turns out I, I am physically unable. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we had, uh, I checked in about the dog when he got the new dog. Mm-hmm. And then most recently we had a discussion about the Beatles. Okay. Because uh, we're, I, I can't remember what you guys were talking about, but I was well, like. Someone was saying they're overrated, right? Yeah, so I was I saying. Think it was Pete Holmes. That's surprising. That's an occasional th- contrarian take. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I was like, nonsense. Every time I go back to the Beatles, I think they're somehow, and I think you had said the same thing, they're somehow underrated still. Mm-hmm. They're so amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so we talked about that. And then I asked him what he thought about Ringo as a drummer. And what'd he say? Uh, I He doesn't like blow me away, but I do think that he's like important to rock drumming. I think mm. he kind of like paved the way for certain styles and right. stuff. Yeah. Also, if you watch that documentary, uh, oh, I've been meaning Ringo. To. Most importantly, he don't make no trouble. Yeah, he makes zero and, trouble, and they all love like everybody loves. Yes, him. yeah. Uh, get back is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to see that. Oh, it's so great! I've watched it like at least three times already. You know what's surprisingly great? Uh, the Cirque du Soleil Love Show in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah, it's amazing. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. I love. I want to see it again. I've only yeah. seen it once. Have you but... seen other Cirque du Soleil shows? No. I don't know if I've discussed this. I'll just make it real fast. But we went to Las Vegas when I was um, pregnant. It was a sort of like a baby moon. Um, I was pregnant with Elliot. It was the first time I felt him kick. Uh, but anyway, we went to see Cirque du Soleil Love. And I was like, oh, my God. I love Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. So then the next <laughs> night, we got tickets for Cirque du Soleil. I know I Susu studio that. <laughs> Cirque du Soleil O. Which is a Cirque du Soleil show. Is that the water one? Yes. And I was like, turns out I don't love Cirque du Soleil. I think I love the Beatles and that particular show. Um, But I would definitely see Love Again. Yeah. It's probably the only one I haven't seen that one, but I would like to. It's really good. Yeah. Even just, yeah, the show is incredible. And then even just the way they did the music, the way the like the songs are like put together, like kind of like mashups almost. I think I have a crush on Man with Flower. He's the protagonist. Oh, it's been it's been a while. <laughs> um, everyone's looking at me like I host the show. What's going on, you guys? <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's the extent of it. I'll allow that's a, it. That's about it. Yeah, it's yeah, just a very right. it's very conversation. It's not threatening. You know, I will allow it. She, you do get very upset anytime you find out somebody from the show talks to me. <laughs> I know. Well, they, they all want to get their FaceTime with you. What can I say? I don't know. You're affable. I get it. <laughs> and then Robin told me that she, a lot of people had been reaching out to her. Mary Catherine. I have not spoken to Robin. Okay. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robin Shore was like, so a lot of people have been reaching out to me. Your your listeners are so nice. And I was like, they are. It I, speaks to the camaraderie. I know. You know, it's, I a, want it's every, a vibe. I hope everyone knows I am being silly. <laughs> she's not i mean i hope you know i want you to know or think i'm being silly i just like to know did you know i don't think i've ever talked about this on the show okay so when i worked at a magazine i dated another guy who worked at the magazine Mm -hmm. for a period of time and then we broke up and then we both still worked there uh, and then he became – there's definitely a way more succinct and more mature-sounding way to tell this story, <laughs> and I have not chosen it because I have not thought about it ahead of time. He became friends with someone else who worked there, and he told me 
that she referred to me as meddlesome. And I, and that has really lodged in my brain in the same way that my lift score lodged in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't make, I'm just like meddlesome. What a weird way to describe someone. That's, we don't like those connotations. No. And I don't feel like I'm meddlesome. The reason I'm thinking of it now though is because everything that just went down with me having to, having, with me needing you to read back the transcript of your conversation with Tony, I maybe see how that might be construct. I would see that more as controlling and um, what's the word for when you're like an intrusive. There you go. But That's not better. meddlesome. How dare you with this that meddlesome? Seems I am weird. very intrusive. <laughs> Violating. Yes. But meddlesome. That's strange. Anyway. Okay. Back to you, Mary Catherine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, since we last talked, a human being has come out of your body. It's true. Birth center again, yes? Birth center again. Oh, yeah. I remember you told me every time you do it, you can't believe how painful it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, not to freak anybody out. Bless you. You can do it. Rock on, ladies yes. that are about to give birth. Um, well, you no. you opt for unmedicated. Yes. That's yes. the birth center special. Yes. That's what happens at a birth center. That's what you do there. Yeah. Yes. If that doesn't um, sound good for you... <coughs> There are other ways to do it where yes. you will feel it'll totally. have a different experience. Yes. Totally. Um, no, I do. I do the, the the thing at the birth center. It's a little hippie style. I like it that way. Um, that's my that's my, the part of me that is a, is a hippie goes all into the birthing. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, it was, do you want to hear the yes, please. The, the, the deal, please. Well, uh, none of my children have ever made it to 40 weeks, which makes a lot of mothers curse me. But Mind you, I have terrible pregnancies, so I'm so sick the whole time. And this one was the hardest one, Mm. probably because I'm old now. That's fine. It was very, very tough. I was bedridden for large parts of the summer. Hyperemesis, Grava, whatever it is that Kate Middleton has. The Kate Middleton thing. Amy Schumer Schumer, also. Um, That's a great documentary, by the way. It gives you actually a pretty good idea of what it feels like. Hers was worse than mine. Mm -hmm. I've never been hospitalized. Um, Although I'm pretty sure my husband was the reason I wasn't hospitalized. He was like, hydrate, 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 hydrate. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, at about, I guess she was 30, 39 weeks. So I was looking out for contractions. And one night I was like, or one, one afternoon, I was like, oh, these feel semi-regular. Let's time them. Okay. They're like eight to 10 minutes apart. And then it got to be later in the evening and they were still eight to 10 minutes apart, but very slight. And I thought... I don't know. Is this real? So I called the midwife because I thought that potentially this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, well, the same thing she said last time I had a baby. She was like, take a bath, have a glass of wine. If the contractions go away, it's not real labor. So I was like, okay. I get in the bath, have a glass of wine. And uh, they got much more uneven. So I thought, oh, it's probably just false. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll get some rest. She told me to get some rest after the bath. So I get some rest. I lay down in the bed at like 8.45 p.m. probably. And by 9.15, I threw the covers off and I was like, nope, nope, this is real. This is definitely real. <laughs> what happened? Did you have intense It just cr- got very cramping. intense. Yeah. And they were already evenly timed. And so I thought, okay, this is, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Called the midwife back. She said, I'll meet you at the birth center in an hour. And I was like, okay. I think I should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thought I had. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's like 40 minutes away and I'm 20 minutes away. So... Uh, I walk into my husband's office and I say, hey, um, we got to go soon. And he goes, 
I told Danny she could go to a movie. This is our au pair, our mm-hmm. wonderful au pair, who was an au pair for the girls and me when when we did not have Steve in the family years ago. And she had just come back like a week before the babies do. So she's with our family again. We're so excited to have her back. And I'm like, we got this covered. There's always going to be somebody at the house. I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. scrambling to find somebody to take care of the kids. She's at a movie. Oh, no. What movie I'm do like, you know? I'm like, 007. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, can you work on that? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So he calls her. She rushes back to the house. She's back within like 10, 15 minutes. By the time she gets back to the house, I cannot talk through contractions. Mm. So they walk into the living room. and They're like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, give me a second. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, we need to get to the car. So we go to the car. Uh, it's 20 minutes over to the birth center. Like I said, she's further away. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I feel, I feel fairly confident that this baby's staying in for the duration of this car ride i feel okay about that (laughs) my husband is um a first responder so he's theoretically somebody who would stay very calm in a situation should this go awry but it's his first but we don't want that to happen yes it's his first (laughs) yeah so we go there uh we're sitting at we're parked and she's not there yet the midwife's not there yet she walks up about five minutes later my husband and her go in i say i'm gonna do more one more contraction in the car because i can't walk during Mm -hmm. them and then i'll go up the stairs do one more contraction in the car. I go upstairs to meet them. The midwife says, oh, we're quite close here. I can tell by the way that you're acting. I was like, oh, really? Great, because this sucks. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what she was basing that on. I would just, just her how experience. I sounded. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I knew I was pretty close, too. Uh-huh. So I get upstairs. Uh, you had know, to climb stairs? Mm-hmm. They don't have an elevator? <laughs> hey, birth center, get with it. My God. <laughs> so I go up the stairs. She says to my husband, uh, are you okay assisting me? Because I don't think the assistant slash doula is going to make it. She's a 007. Well, no, this is, yeah, she's a double, it's a double date for them. My au pair and the doula. Anyway, so she's not going to make it. So she's like, I need a second pair of hands. Are oh, wow. you willing to, to help me? And Steve's like on it. So he's helping and assisting and everything. I walked up the stairs at 1045 PM and the baby came at 1103. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so 18 minutes in the birth center. Wow. Now there had been, obviously there had been labor before that, but yeah. Because you got to figure it took you a while. I know that this is not what anyone is focused on, but I'm focused on the fact that it probably took you a while to get up the stairs, right? Yes. Although I was (laughs) trying, I can't remember. I can't remember that part so well. I was trying to make it up in between contractions. So I was probably moving a little. I mean, like you were probably only, are you, are you in a bed? Did they put you on a bed? Yes. You were probably only on that bed for like 10 minutes, right? Basically. Yes. Wow. Is, was, is your experience it was precipitous? It was uh, <laughs> that is the term for it, right? Yes. So, so what was emotionally was that? Well, how did you feel about that? Um, I felt it was it was good. It it actually it went very well. Um, and aside from the fact that it just it hurts a lot, uh, I do remember I'm from my other births. I had sort of trained myself to to be calm in between contractions. Cause that's part of the, if you're going to do it without the medication, you sort of preserve your energy mm-hmm. for when the contractions happen. So you try to like, just like go pretty limp and chill out in between them, which is hard. Uh, so I was holding my husband's hand <laughs> at one point. I just said very matter, matter of factly, I was like, it just hurts like so, like so bad. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I can tell. Cause I had, I had told him don't, I was like, some women have really beautiful, peaceful births. Um, 
you know, either with epidural or natural. Some people have these beautiful, like they don't, they don't make any noises, not in a Scientology way. I just mean like, it's very chill for them. Very Zen. I am not that way. It's going to sound like someone is murdering me. <laughs> so just be aware of that. Um, but it was, it was great that that chick was, she was coming out. There was even, <laughs> there was two, there were two contractions where I was like, oh, she's just not going to stop moving in between them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. But all was well. She's a little baby, mm-hmm. um, a pound lighter than my last one. Oh. So I didn't expect that. She came out and then when she came out, my, my husband goes, well, that's a baby. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, you don't, you don't see that every day. Right. Um, and I, this is one of the reasons I I do it this way is within an hour I was I took a shower I nursed her I went and they checked her out I took a shower a, l- a little bit later and then we went home to my house at 2 a.m. after the birth that's the part I cannot believe <laughs> that's like amazing <laughs> so it has its and, and that was the part that Steve was a little nervous about the the situation and the, know, the should, not being in a hospital right should there be an emergency um and so he was a little nervous about that part uh, but trusted me with it. And then he was very excited about the fact that we didn't have to stay in a hospital for a couple of days. He was like, yeah. wait, we go home now. And I was like, we go home now. <laughs> so it was really, it was really beautiful. That's so And great. I mean, last time I did it without a partner. So yeah, very nice to have my husband there. I bet. Yes. Would you say it was a healing experience? Yes. I mean, I think all of my births have been, and I've, and I was so I was so glad to hear that your second birth w- seemed healing it was, it because really was. because a traumatic birth is really terrible, um, and it's a it's a hard thing to do. It is it can be a dangerous thing to do, um, and when you can have a nice experience, it is just magical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each of mine has my first one was pretty good. My my two after that uh, just incredibly beautiful. Um, and so the second, of course, had its sad moments. It was bittersweet because my hu- my passed away husband was not there to see his daughter born. But um, that was so healing because it was like, oh, there's this new life. I, yeah. I literally made a new life and we now have a new life. Uh, and this one was the same thing. We're making a we're making a new family. Right. So. Right. How are they adjusting to Steve and the baby? Um, so they are, uh, my other daughters are eight and six and my eight year old is a little too cool for school. She's like, I mean, she seems nice. Um, (laughs) they did realize fairly quickly that newborns are pretty boring, so they'll have more fun when she can interact a little bit more. She's starting to interact more. Um, my middle one is super helpful. Like Johnny on the spot. She wants to change diapers. She wants to hold the baby. She wants to feed the baby, all the things. Um, so she's very helpful that way. And it's very nice when they're in the car. We're in the back seat because mm-hmm. when the baby's crying, I'm like, can someone deal with that? And it doesn't have to be me. <laughs> that is nice. Okay, let's talk bunk beds. Did you go yes. through a period of time where you were you were concerned? I feel like now to make gross generalizations, perhaps girl, well, some girls are actually daredevils. But I was going to say maybe you have to, maybe there's an argument for needing to worry about yeah. girls hurling themselves off the top of a bunk bed less. I don't know. My middle is a climber. So mm-hmm. that was an issue, but she's so stable that I never really worried about her climbing too much. It's like, she has all the, uh, the athletic ability and sort of the rough and tumble of a little boy, but with more, um, risk assessment. Well, that's <laughs> like good. She's, then. she's better at that part. <laughs> but, um, so she, I knew she would climb all over the place, but I was pretty confident she'd be okay. And then I did the, 
twin on top and the the full, full. on the bottom. Got it. Yes. So if there were an incident of falling, it's going to at least partially hit the bed on the yeah. bottom. <laughs> no, we have two twins. And right now there's like a dresser kind of close. So ours have stairs instead of a ladder, which is good, except they're the kind of deep stairs. Um, but there's this dresser that we need to move out of the way because right now if someone were to fall going down the stairs, they would like hit their head on a dresser. But anyway, yeah, they both want to sit on the top and then someone really needs to be in the room with them. Yeah, that makes sense. They're not yet both sleeping in the bunk bed though. Owen is still in his crib and Elliot's sleeping on the bottom. So how old were they when they started sleeping in the bunk beds? Do you know? I mean, let's see. What year was that? Uh, They were probably five and three something like that i guess uh but an you know an older three she's always been mature the the middle one um but they love it i will say uh i bought those the double decker with the with the full underneath and once i got a double decker puke which was (laughs) amazing in the middle of the night i'm like oh you just uh, you put it on your bed and then also over the side cool (laughs) cool well let's change both beds (laughs) <laughs> the waterfall and do you put them to bed at the same time yes yeah they're they're very autopilot now you have this in your future tell me about this uh, they <laughs> they put themselves to bed wow now i go and check on them and do a little routine but yeah. it's not like it used to be it's not intensive that's partly because my husband is one of the most consistent human beings on the face of the earth so it's like every night they know what they have to do they pack their lunches they lay out their clothes for the next day everything's ready to go their homeworks and their book bags hung on a specific hook and then they put their pjs on and they're in bed and this is all steve instituted uh scheduling and organizational flow yes because if it were me i'd be like i don't know we're having so much fun it's light outside and we should all stay up till nine and then tomorrow morning we won't know where your homework is uh we will not have packed lunches and we will the whole thing will go to hell wow yeah I'm just I, I'm silent, which doesn't work on an audio podcast because I'm just imagining being as uh, organized. Is he like is his is his office space organized? Is everything organized? Is he yes. have everything in tiny drawers. Yes. And so stuff? if I text him and say where is um so something crazy like um like a staple puller, you know the little yeah, claws that you pull staple. Thing, if I yeah. asked him where that is in the house, he would tell me which shelf in which drawer in which part of the shelf or drawer he Uh, would know exactly where it was are his waves it's sort of magical (laughs) um it's tricky because i need a little messy to feel relaxed and Uh he needs not a little messy to feel relaxed so we're we're sort of diametrically opposed this way which means as i've we've discovered in our marriage means both of us are like almost always going to be a little stressed about (laughs) this stuff and i just get my i get my areas that are a mess Mm -hmm. or my specific things that are chill and but for the most part, like the common areas and and the the bedroom routine, the bedroom routine, not the bedroom routine, the bedtime <laughs> routine, are very different things are um pretty like nailed down, right? Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming, and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. You guys, I feel like I've been battling burnout for a while now. And I think that that is pretty common in the pandemic. Um, And 
You know, it's funny. I uh, was just doing another podcast and we were talking about self-care rituals. And I think that the sort of general vibe was like, what kind of beauty self-care ritual do you do? But my, what I said was my self-care ritual is therapy. Um, I, I do it weekly and it helps me immensely. Um, look, we associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out. And, and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Listeners get 10% off their first First month at betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's betterhelp, better H E L P.com slash best friend. Okay. So, can I ask, and I feel like this is an abrupt question out of nowhere. Normally, I would hope for a better lead in. Um, but I always, because you shared so much of your story on the show, I, I'm always wanting to sort of to, like to, to check in on, on where you are with with grief and stuff right. like that nowadays, like where are you with all that? Um, I mean, I think we're, the family feels like the girls have always been happy and healthy. Um, to them, you know, my oldest was two years old. She was pre-verbal when, when her dad passed away. Uh, my youngest was not born yet. And then when they met Steve, they were four and two. So that's, you know, as it should be for all intents and purposes, that's, that's their dad and Mm -hmm. he's adopted them. So that is their dad. Um, So that's like a very, it's really beautiful. And also there is this other part that they know and understand, but how much can they truly understand it? Um, I think the main thing I do as far as grief is concerned now is try to be helpful to other people who are going through things. And I have, you know, I have this network of widows uh, that I'm friends with and try to meet up with and text with um, every now and then just to check on them. And, you know, they're all at different arcs mm-hmm. in their, in their or different points in their arcs. Uh, but I think that's the main thing that I, in that space that I do now that I think about those things is to mine my own uh, experience to see if I can help other people. Um, I've also started writing a little bit about it and maybe that will come become something at some point. Cause I feel like the story's worth telling. Mm-hmm. I just have not, had the time with the parenting and the yeah. whatnot to put that all down. Um, also, not the most disciplined writer in the world. Working on that. Yeah. Well. So. I mean, I imagine that's uh, like the, uh, this is probably not, for some reason, this is the metaphor I keep going to for like everything lately. I don't know why, but I feel, I imagine that, what I was going to say is that's like the third rail of like stuff for you, for you to write about. I feel you know, like that's not a good metaphor. No, but I just, I mean, that's like so, so intense. It is. I think I, but I think I actually find it easier than some other things mm. par- for this reason. It's sort of a dumb reason, but I work in politics. Like no one can fact check me on my feelings. Yeah. So if I write an essay about how I felt at this particular time, what what are you going to come at me with? So I, I cut, that's sort of freeing. Right. Um, so I enjoy that. Uh, and I think, you know, during the pandemic, people have had so many different kinds of loss mm-hmm. that writing about it. I never, I don't ever want to uh, 
sort of like to bring it up too often in my writing about other things. But it had to me, it has been top of mind during the pandemic because people are going through a lot of different kinds of grief. And I felt like a lot of my experience could speak to that. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I wrote about parenting through crisis and what that's like. Recently, I wrote about sort of standing in the breach for your kids instead of asking them to be resilient. Let's be resilient for them because that's, you know, like you can protect them from some of this anxiety that mm-hmm. we're all feeling. Um, so I've tried to, I try to write about it in those ways as well. So going back to reaching or um, talking to other, like kind of outreach with other widows, when you talk to someone who is, is like freshly dealing with a loss, what kinds of things, what is that like? Like, what is that conversation like? Um, so what I usually do is I, and I, I, sec- I still second guess myself, even when people reach out to me or ask a friend will say, can I give your number to so-and-so and they'll reach out to me. Um, but it's usually somebody I didn't know before they reach out. And it's very, it's hard to talk to people who are in a, in a dark place and you don't want to assume too much mm-hmm. about what they're going through, but I feel like it's pretty analogous. So I'm like, okay, we're on pretty safe ground, but just to give people you're not alone in feeling weird about reaching out to people who are going through it. That's a, it's a very tough thing to do. Uh, so what I do is I'm just fairly frank and I say, Hey, I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, something along these lines. I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, and also, uh, I know that my words don't change how really, really shitty this is. And so I just want to acknowledge that. Um, because I think, Sometimes people, because they don't want to address the terrible things, sort of fast forward to the the comfort. Yeah. And like, it's not really time for the comfort yet. <laughs> and so so just acknowledging that this thing is really, really terrible and it's deeply unfair and that is totally okay for you to feel. And then I usually tell people, please ask me any weird ass question you would like to ask because I've seen it all. Like, you're not scaring me. Um when when I went through it, my neighbor, and I think I've said this before, my neighbor was a SEAL wife. And the SEAL community has seen all of this too many times. And so when uh, when Jake died, uh, sh- I went across the street to tell her what had happened because I didn't know if we, we were going to be at the house. And uh, <laughs> she said, um, whatever you need, I've seen it all. You do not scare me. Hmm. And if what you need is a shot of tequila. That baby's fine. Come to my house. We'll take care of it. That's so nice. And so, uh, you feel like you're, you're such a reminder of everyone else's mortality that they are scared of you. And some Mm -hmm. people are, and that's a, that is understandable. Um, so I try to tell people, Hey, if you got weird stuff, you got really dark stuff, throw it at me. I'm not, I'm not scared of it. Uh, cause I think people need to hear that. Mm -hmm. And do they end up like, are do they end up having what are to them like weird questions? Uh, yeah, some have just logistical questions about, you know, going through an estate settlement, what that looks like. Uh, some of them will ask me about, um, well, how did you deal with this with family or this with friends? I have this conflict with this part, you know, because things mm-hmm. get weird. And uh, so I'll give advice about those kind of the ebbs and flows of that. People often ask me about, you know, friends who surprised them by not, by sort of distancing themselves, yeah. which is a thing that people do. And I and I, I usually say, you know, this can change friendships because some people don't want to deal with it. But also give that 
give that person a little leeway to maybe come back. They might just need a break from it, which like you don't get a break from it and that sucks, <laughs> but they might need to take a couple days to recenter and take care of themselves and then they can come back to to being there for you. So mm-hmm. I think that's so great that you've become this figure that people can reach out to and this like source of support and strength. And I think that's so wonderful. I hope so. I mean, it's, it's, it's feels weird to say there's like a silver lining because you don't want to think about it like that. But if a terrible thing happens to me, I would like to be able to do something to help with that information. So um, I'm glad for it. And, uh, you know, it's different with different people. They don't, some people will get in touch once and then I don't talk to them again. Other people I've been friends with for years now. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's take some questions that people sent in on Patreon. I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Mary Catherine is one of my patrons. It's true. <laughs> um, and uh, I do bonus episodes of the friend zone. You've been a friend zone. Well, that's yes. now what I call the bonus episodes. Yeah. But you've been about, bo- you should come back for another bonus episode. I should. Uh, we answer your questions. I just put out an episode with Elliot. He sings a, that's my son. He sings a Snoop song. Um, he was a surprise guest. I was intending to introduce him near the end of the episode, but he tapped me on the shoulder earlier than expected during the episode, and he said, you're taking a long time. Uh, And so then he became part of the episode earlier, but I still managed to answer people's questions. And also, Elliot is on the episode singing some songs, answering some questions. He said that when he grows up, he wants to be a baker, a singer, and a daddy. And he wants to have a dog who looks just like Wendy. And he thinks he's going to live in Burbank. And he wanted to know, is he going to live in this house or a different house? Oh, wow. And I said, you're living in a different house, kid. Get out. Because <laughs> um, tough love. Yeah. So, um, and there's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. There's uh, all sorts of fun stuff. If you sign up for a year, you get two months free. It's a deal. That's a good deal. <laughs> Okay, and we have some questions that people sent in, and we have a song. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Becky Milner says, how are orders for the swim vest going? Oh, yes. So this is a thing that my husband and I, crazy husband and I did during the pandemic, mostly him. Um, we created a swim vest for children that is adjustable according to their ability in the water so that you can teach them to swim. Uh, we had two young kids in the summer of 2020 who could not yet swim. And of course, finding swim lessons or doing anything at that point was, was tricky. And so we were like, Oh, this, it was making me nervous because we're in the water a lot in the summer and I'm like constantly Mm -hmm. everywhere. And so we were trying to find methods for helping them and uh and we're like what we need is like a it's like a not a life vest but something that gives them a little bit of help and then we can just lessen the help as they go and it worked and within like a week or two they were both swimming amazing and i was like that's cool and we just did it by um i just sewed uh sort of a prototype and and had some zippers where we could take some of the buoyant pads out Uh and so my husband was like I think this is an idea. (laughs) And he, if it were my idea, I would just be like, that was an idea that I had several years ago. And then I never thought about it again. Uh, For him, he's like, 
we're doing specs, we're doing uh, graphic design, we're doing industrial design, we're doing patents. We're doing, so it's patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a real thing. It's called kid fins. Um, but because of supply chain, we probably won't be able to sell it until next spring. That's so cool, though. Yeah. And did was there a Kickstarter for There was it? a Kickstarter that we tried at first, but then that sort of got into issues with the supply chains that mm. are, everybody's having problems with. Um, but it's a real thing. And a, a bunch of parents were like, this is like, this is the thing I've been looking for. We yeah. got very, very good feedback on it. Um, so we shall see. That's so cool. So you ended up teaching them how to swim. Yes. Now they're not virtuosos in the water. Oh, but they can swim without yeah. any help. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Cause when we were, it makes me feel safe at least we're we're at the point where i feel like okay they can handle themselves that's so great yeah when we were in hawaii um in the past elliot has really not wanted to get he's well he'll get a little close to the water but he's been afraid but this time he was all about the water and he would come in like up to his chin and and so i was trying to remember my swim lessons from when I was a kid. And I was like, I think they would teach them to do something like this. Like various flashes would come back to me like, okay, hold your breath and like, you know, blow or blow out your nose. I was just trying to, you know, and kick and doing various things, but thinking, is this how you teach someone? I I couldn't remember it. And I knew like, just watch YouTube videos on teaching someone to swim, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So anyway, I'm impressed that you taught your kids to swim without uh, hiring someone. Well, we had, we'd actually tried doing lessons in the past and they just like, it was just not sticking. Okay. And this did. So, um, you know, they got the movement and then we just like took two pads out and we're like, go try it again. And it was slightly harder and they're building all those muscles while they're going. So that's really go. cool. Um, okay. Whitney C says, how are her political leanings different from her family's? Um, well, I'm seeing my brother tonight. Uh, he, I would say my brother is more, it's probably libertarian. Both my brothers sort of safely libertarian. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as conservative as I am, I guess, but the whole family was like the weirdo family in my liberal town. So we're, we're, we've always been more right of center. Although, I'm going to call out my parents. <laughs> my parents were not just Carter voters. They were Carter delegates, which like, I know now they're not, now they're like super right wing. They're going to be like, how dare you tell people that <laughs> there's an evolution guys. Um, but so they were, they were definitely uh, sort of liberals. And when I was a young child mm-hmm. and then we all, but we, I, we just lived in this very liberal town and I think it was a bit of, we were all just right of the town. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and it's like all Duke professors and, you know, um, it's a very quintessential college town with that kind of vibe. And, uh, and so, and then in all of my childhood, I was like, just felt like everyone here thinks the same thing. Why, why do we all think the same thing? Can we ask some questions about that? And that's, that's kind so of funny. how that's I like, became what I am. That's like the opposite of my experience in Orange, in the town I grew up in, in Orange County, California, as like the lone non-conservative. Right. Yeah. Just flipped it up. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, what does it mean there? What is Carter delegate delegates? What does that mean? I mean, like they were so deeply involved in democratic politics mm-hmm. that they were delegates for uh, actually nominating Carter. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a really cool ringer tea from the campaign that i still wear ironically because i'm me but it's a very cool ringer tea that says jimmy carter for president that is really cool (laughs) you know we just had matt gorley so on the tony's picks 
group show. I don't know if you've listened to that one yet. Yes. Okay, so then you the heard... The exciting feature. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that Matt Gorley has Ronald Reagan's chair. Yes, And that he has, like, a, he's fascinated with, what is it, like, 80s conservative iconography? Something like that. I mean... I forget exactly what And, I, and he would be impressed with some of the, the art in my house. I bet. <laughs> um... But I was trying to think, like, what? maybe it wasn't specifically 80s. I forget what I era it was. Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily 80s. But I was thinking, like, and I, my comment was, like, that's so postmodern, meaning, like, to be interested in the graphics and the visuals of it, you know, divorced from what it actually represents. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, like, I'm trying to imagine specifically, someone I'm sure can tweet it to me or something, like, what it actually is that he is fascinated by. And then... Not fascinated by, uh, enamored of, and then to actually like it, but to not sh- not like the politics of it. Right. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of p- politics nerds are into, you know, whatever campaign swag there is. Yeah, even if it, make, yeah, right. You know, because that makes sort sense. of the evolution of campaigns. Yes, that makes sense. Okay, um, Heather, is it possible for your um, eyesight to get worse overnight? Because I swear. <laughs> I swear I can see worse today than yesterday. Heather Mall says, I'm so glad you mentioned the eyeliner because that's what my question is about. I too started using it based on both of your recommendations, but I've obviously had to switch. Boohoo. Have either of you tried the NYX Epic Ink Liner? Supposedly it's a dupe, but I don't think it, it's as good as the original. Please help. Okay. Oh gosh, I wish I had help. Talked a bit about this to begin with. So I'm going to have to start doing some very real research on this. uh, Lorac Front of Line Pro is the one you recommended, right? Now, the first time I bought it, it was a silver tube. Yes. Right? Or silver. That's what I still have two silver ones. And now I'm afraid. You're smart. You're smart. The next time I bought it, it was like a a gun metal. Not is gun metal flat? It was still yeah, shiny, like a matte. Oh, okay. it was like a, a like a dark chrome hmm. looking one, looking hmm. same same exact shape, but instead of being um, like shiny silver, it was like a, a dark silver. Interesting. Um, and then I went to go buy it, and I found that it was discontinued. But now there's a Lorac Liquid Eyeliner Pro. Okay, which I'm imagining is the replacement, but it's not the front of the line pro interesting and it's just in a black tube but it still looks the packaging it looks the same it's just different color package different color plastic okay, okay. but okay. i have googled lorac liquid eyeliner pro versus front of the line pro right nothing's coming up i i you know wrote on my drew lines on my hand because my front of the line pro when I use it and try to make the wing it like nothing comes out it's it's drying up on me yeah this is what happens but Sometimes then, you can shake it like it's... Yes. Like it's, <laughs> I try to store it upside down <laughs> yeah. as well. But then when I went to draw my hand, it did come out. And I'm like, maybe it's coming back from the dead. It looked like it was a little bit more blue-black than mm-hmm. the other one. The new one has like a slightly flatter black look. I right. had I had been cheating on it. And I didn't even want to tell you. I'm just going to come clean. It's okay. It's I've been okay. cheating on it with NARS... Climax liquid eyeliner or something, which Why I was does like, NARS always have to be named after orgasms. I know. <laughs> it's like how many ways can we say Take it? Take a cold shower, NARS. <laughs> but we get it. I was into it for a while. It's like a very intense, kind almost shiny liquid black that had a real like, oh, this is like a very 60s kind of look. Hmm. But then I went back 
to the Lorac for a minute and I was like, oh, this one is so much easier to work with. Yeah. Just so the, much easier. The application is so easy. Um, so much more precise. Well, I'm, I'm deeply concerned about this. As you And should be. Uh, I feel like I let everybody down by not being on top of it. Uh, so I will do my due diligence after this. Thank and you. And figure things out. And also hold on very tightly to the two I have at home still. <laughs> One of which is drying out. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Is that how you know when it's time? Because yes. I feel like maybe, okay. That's when I move. That's usually when I move on, but I'm not going to be so cavalier about moving on. Yeah. Yeah. If that's the end of the line. I I tried some Styla or Stila. I don't know how you say, say that Stila, brand. I say Stila, but I don't know if that's the right way to um, say it. I've tried some of theirs because it looked like it was, the pin top was designed the, mm-hmm. the same and that did not work for me. Okay. Uh, and it, it sort of, it smudged very easily and I couldn't get the line to be right. Mm. And I'm very proud of my eyeliner yeah. usually. And well, I was, as one should be. Well, and I was going out and I told my husband, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can go out like this. Look at this. It was yeah. blue eyeliner all over the place. It was blue. Maybe that's the problem. Shouldn't have gone with a navy. Right. Cause you had also tried a Lorac. I tried a Lorac navy and it, navy and it smudged all over. Have you tried Kat Von D? And I know she's problematic. And I always forget why. But have you tried Kat Von D tattoo liner? I have not. No, but, but I have heard it's good. Yes, same. Yes. So, well, Maybe I got it. I have work one. to do. Yeah. <laughs> I have work to do. Gal chat. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Oh, speaking of gal chat, yes, before we go to the please. next one, I wanted to tell you from mm-hmm. the from the Bill Maher show, I did a lot of work figuring out what outfit I was going to wear, yeah. as one does. Of course. I want to eliminate that stress. And also, like, you know, your body changes a little after you're after you have a baby and I'm trying to figure out what looks good and all that stuff. And I had a dress picked out and had a halter neckline. Cause that's sort of my thing. It's like the, the arms are always out. It's, it's a signature. Uh-huh. Guns out. <laughs> I go it's full, in your, full, in your Twitter bio, yeah, even. full Michelle Obama. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> um, and so I had this halter dress and I was like, this is great. I had a, several other options. Thank goodness. Because I came here without my baby and I'm having to pump and I'm not very good at pumping. And I put that dress on and I was like, well, this is very L.A. And by that, I mean, like, my boobs were everywhere. And I was like, this is not acceptable, this dress, the way it's fitting. And I was like, I cannot guarantee that I'm not going to come out of it. Oh. And so I had to do a costume change. Are you sure? Do you think you really would have? You just would have been nervous about I would have been nervous. That was the yeah. thing. I was like, I cannot guarantee that this won't be an issue. Right. Even, not it's like not it wouldn't have been like hello but it <laughs> a little bit of slippage could have happened i just right. felt like i was going to be like yeah no that makes covering sense. myself up yeah i mean honestly i should have gone for it i'd probably be much more famous now <laughs> <laughs> right because i'm just thinking if you were just like queen of the boobs on tv but here's the thing too though it would have been super into you what i mean Maybe. they already are into you but you know what Thank i'm saying you. but here's the thing and you know this if you've breastfed or if anybody breastfed um when I put the dress on, I still had an hour and a half to be in the dress. Most of it on set. They're going to get bigger yeah. while I'm out there. Mm-hmm. So I had to change into a shirt that had room to grow. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you end up wearing? I wore uh, this shirt with a, I, excuse me, I was off mic. I wore uh, this Navy tank with some very fancy pants. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get into fancy pants, fancy like pants, like well-tailored, nice pants. I love that. So I brought some theory pants. That sounds beautiful. That sounds wonderful. It sounds respectable. Yeah, it was a it was a more yeah. uh, professional look than the I don't know slightly porny one I was going for before. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see what's that pinup. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, they both sound like uh, 
they would have worked. Maybe. But I totally get the idea of feeling uncomfortable. Now, it's interesting that you describe this top as navy because I would have bet money on that being black. Tony? Again, for an audio podcast, this is the content you want. I feel like I see the navy. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah. When the light hits it a little more, you can tell. It's for sure navy. Okay. I can guarantee you. Yeah. It's not that I don't believe you. It's that I'm <laughs> I'm not shining a light on it. All I see is black. It's weird. Really? Yeah. Again, because I'm telling you. Oh, wait. I got a flash of navy. Do that again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny bit of navy. Okay. And we have one more question. Amber Lewis says, what was your first job? Uh, my first job. Well, my my first job before I had like a real professional job, was I was a babysitter my whole life and it was a great gig. Um, and I think prepared me for, for mom duty. Although I look back at being a babysitter and the things I did, I was magnificent, much better babysitter than I am a mom. I would be, there'd be like five kids and I'd be like, y'all need to go to bed now. We're going to read a story and you're going to go to bed. And then they would do it. That is not how it worked when I had young children. Mm-mm. So I don't know. You like, I think they just don't listen to you because they're you're their mom. Yeah, I think uh, not to sound like a song from a musical, but I think kids have changed. <laughs> kids today, maybe so. But they when I when I was a babysitter, they would listen to me anyway. But my first job out of college was um, well, in college I uh, delivered newspapers. I don't think I know about this. Yes, I delivered newspapers. Uh, I think it was just my freshman year, um, and I. D- <laughs> I made decent money because they had to pay me like whatever the union minimum was. So it was like 150 bucks a week or something for only a few hours of work because I was only delivering uh, newspapers to the dorm rooms. Oh, wow. They needed a student to do it because you needed access yeah. uh, to go deliver them. And um, so it was only a few hours of work, but that few hours of work was between three and five in the morning. Oh, that's prime Tony time. There we go. So uh, I woke up basically every day of my freshman year of college at three or four in the morning oh my gosh drove to a warehouse picked up the papers drove back to campus dropped them off and man on like friday and saturday nights everyone's drunk and like out in front of the dorm they're like whoa there's a chick just like delivering <laughs> papers like is that is this your job <laughs> and i get in these long conversations with people like yes i i go to sleep every night at 10 and get up at three this is what i do <laughs> um which like by contrast was not great but um i did it on purpose partly because i didn't want to party my mm-hmm. freshman year because i'd seen a lot of people mess up their freshman year and i was on scholarship and i couldn't afford to not be so i was like you know what if you have to get up everybody day at four you're not gonna go too crazy yeah that's smart so so in retrospect are you glad you did it yes did you go to uva uh uga uga national Sorry. champions Sorry. Yeah. National that champion, in- Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> was, did I just insult you? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know the uh, interpolitics. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I went to UGA. I did that. And then when I graduated from college, I uh, got a job as a daily newspaper reporter in rural North Carolina in Rockingham. And I covered fe- mostly features and sports. And I loved it. It was a great job. I'm actually sad that that job basically doesn't exist anymore for people coming out of school. Yeah. It was like, you get to know the whole town. You get to do every beat. Like I covered covered murders and bank robberies and all sorts of crazy. And, you know, middle school women's volleyball, which is <laughs> a highlight. Um, it Did was a you job. like doing the hard, hard crime stuff at all? I actually didn't. I found it sort of intimidating. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now that's partly because there was another person whose beat that actually was, who was very uh, experienced. But if I was there on the weekend and he wasn't there, you know, somebody's got to do the thing. Right. And, um, but that part of it was really nice. Cause you got to, I mean, I, I laid out pages, I wrote columns, I did all sorts of stuff. Laid out pages, like yes. with like pasting it up and stuff like that, like it, actual. We had moved beyond paste up, but it was, you'd put it together on your, what's, what was the kind of InDesign? Mac that, the Mac that had the, yeah, it was in design and the Mac that had the colorful sides. The oh, iMac. your GMac? I don't remember what it was. Anyway, on my plasticky looking Mac, we'd I lay it, it was, out. Wasn't it like a GMac that had the blue I thought, sides? I thought they were just iMacs. Like it was just Maybe like the earlier iMac. version of iMacs. Okay, yeah. I, I, I very well could be anyway, wrong. But. And then it, it would get sent to the back and printed out. And then you'd go get the printout and it smelled like photochemicals yeah. back there. And then you'd drop it. We actually had um like a pneumatic tube situation where uh-huh. we'd send it down to the press. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, let's go back. Sounds like 1933. (laughs) (laughs) It was 2004 or something. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's go back to this getting uh, delivering between 3 and 4 a.m. Eventually, I will do a podcast where I only talk to people about the time they wake up and their sleep schedule. It'll be a hit. (laughs) Would you go back? Would you deliver and then go back to sleep? Yes. I mean, I was a college student. So I... When you're young, you can do anything. I would just get, even if I went to bed late, I would just get up at three, go right. do the thing, come back, nap for a while. And I had set most of my classes a little later in the day. Mm-hmm. So I would just nap for a little while and then go to class. Were you tempted to party at all? Um, I got a fair amount of partying done in high school. And so I felt like when I went to college, I was okay to just buckle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I went to college with a bunch of people uh, who were like, from Baptist families in South Georgia and they were all on my hall and woo, the first couple of months, like coaching some people through their first experiences. I was like, Oh, you don't want to go that hard the first time, (laughs) but we all have to learn our limits. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to hold your hair. Um, so there was some of that, but I was, I went the other direction. Mm -hmm. And then like your soft, did, did you end up partying at all in college? Like your sophomore year? Yes. When you were- but I was also, I also just didn't have a lot of money. Uh, so and it was expensive to go to bars and to buy beer. Yeah. I mean, you know, we would have house parties and do the, you know, Milwaukee's best or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever terribleness we found at the corner store. Um, but later, you know, junior and senior year when I was, had things under control, but that freshman year I had seen a lot of friends and acquaintances mess up that freshman year mm-hmm. and then have to come back home and I was out of state. I had a scholarship. I wanted to do well. I was sort of out there on my own, didn't have any friends there and just wanted to like not screw that part up. Right. You're the youngest of three, right? Oldest. Oh, I'm the queen bee. I, I have was... two younger brothers. Okay. Cause I was going to say that all of this is very much older, oldest sister behavior you know, yes. helping these girls through their uh, first drinking experiences <laughs> and also helping people through their grief is very older sister. Yeah. So I was surprised by that if you're the youngest. Yeah. I didn't realize you're the old, that yes. your brothers are younger. Okay, this is all making more sense now. It all falls into place. Quickly, let's just go to when you were babysitting, all the five kids went to bed versus your own kids. Um, whenever I have to get my kids to take medicine, it is such an ordeal. I do not recall not taking medicine when I was a kid as being an option. And yeah. it was gross. <laughs> there was one, like the amoxicillin. The banana the, amoxicillin? That was the worst one. Uh, what, what color was it? It was white, I think. Okay. I don't remember that. 
Um, but now amoxicillin is white and it's tutti frutti and it's like I've smelled it and it's disgusting. It's Ugh. super gross. I remember the like pink frothy amoxicillin yes, as that being was the not most, too bad. That was the most common yeah, amoxicillin. That wasn't that wasn't so bad. But yeah. uh, but I remember thinking like this is the the worst thing that's ever happened to me is that I have to take this medicine. But I still took it. Yeah, you just stand there and do the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so my, but my kids fight it. So I wonder about this too because there are things. Now, maybe I'm misremembering my childhood, and I just think I was so much better behaved than I was. <laughs> but there are things in my childhood that just were non-negotiable. Yes. They were off the table that my children, it never occurs to them that it's off the table. And right. I feel like I'm not some pushover mom. Mm-hmm. I'm very much not. And their dad certainly isn't. But it's still, we get like questions about things where I'm like, the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> like if I were in a, this is, if I were in a CVS with my parents, I don't think they had CVS, Eckerd drug, Eckerd <laughs> <laughs> or car drug, car drug, uh, with my parents back in the eighties, it wouldn't have even occurred to me to ask for something mm-hmm. off of any shelf anywhere. And my kids do it all the time, and I'm like, your treat is to come to the CVS with your mom. Okay, <laughs> that's the treat. I don't think it would occur to my kids not to ask for something. Yes, it's flipped entirely. Yes, we work on this. Yeah, we also we limit presents to basically birthday and Christmas for this reason to keep things like that's pretty good because under, I think that under Eli- control. <laughs> Elliot will just for no reason be like I want a toy and it's like but it's like it's hard really shouldn't be that hard not to give in but it, it it's fun though but it's so easy yeah. to just buy something super you know what i mean like things are cheaper now and they're easier to get and he understands that you can just get things via the computer yes. and yeah my parents were legends man we they used to we used to go to the laundromat and uh we'd hang out there for hours while my mom was doing laundry and she'd have a little stack of quarters and my parents had us so well trained that we never asked for a quarter to play Miss Pac-Man. We asked for permission to pretend to play <laughs> Miss Pac-Man. Like, that's mind-blowing. Like, can we go move the joystick to the pre-programmed Miss <laughs> Pac-Man and pretend like we're playing? That was the ask. That's so That's funny. what I want from my children. <laughs> well, if you manage to do that, let me know. Oh, that's so I funny. Will. That totally brought back that memory of playing to the yeah. little demo and if you get it we, we just try to trick each other and yeah. be like, i'd be like oh no john mama gave me a quarter like, no way <laughs> mary Catherine. it was so much fun having you on the show in person thank you thank you so much for making time to do this i know you're only in town for a sec um let's see what should everyone they should they should definitely subscribe to getting hammered yes um they should look for swim fins Kid fins, kid fins, yep. kid fins. When those become available, yes. T- TBD. Uh, what else? Um, oh, I had one. Go fuck yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> do you have a hey go fuck yourself? Because I would like to hear it. Yes, I do. <laughs> this one occurred to me in my hotel, which is lovely, and I love staying there. Um, I would like to say to whomever decided that a sewing kit would be standard in a hotel room but not toothpaste. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Because I have not once ever darned my socks yeah. in a hotel room, <laughs> but I have often needed toothpaste. Yeah. And they make me go downstairs and beg for it. Yeah. Just, just put it out there. If I can have a sewing, if I can have a tiny pair of scissors, I can have some right. Colgate. I... <laughs> 
and they call me cynical, but I feel like it's because they put a sewing kit in the room in 1984 and it's the <laughs> same one that's still there because no one it's needs not, no it. No one needs it. No one needs it. <laughs> it's recycled. It's, yes. it's upcycled all the time. What does that even mean? It's actually non-cycled because no one uses it. So, But what does upcycled mean? I've heard that. I think that's just like take one item and use it for something else. Okay. Well, hmm. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Um, listen, everyone, if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, please make sure you're subscribed and listen to my other podcast, Childish and Upworthy. Leave us nice comments. We read them on the show. I think I discussed that at the beginning. Leave us a comment wherever. Just think a nice comment. I'm sure I'll pick it up somehow. But it'd be better if you could actually enter it into iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It's really the same thing. I just call it the old-fashioned term. Uh, and uh, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen. I have a newsletter now, allisonrosen.substack.com. And uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting things. Tony? <laughs> <laughs> you're asking if, you, if you're no, forgetting I'm, things? I'm asking where we find you. Oh, I thought, did, did you not ask her yet? Uh, well, I kind of did. I threw her off with the whole GFY. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know what? You're right. Fuck you, Tony. Mary <laughs> Catherine, what about you? I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter. I am at MK Hammer on Substack as well, where I have a, a newsletter. And at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. And please subscribe to Getting Hammered. Uh, listen in. Check it out. I think you'll like it. It's I fun. I think people are going to want to know, is oldest Delia's model coming back? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so here's the problem with that. One, that I'm bad at doing things. Um, <laughs> two, that... The trends are so on trend now yeah. that it's not even a joke anymore. Right. Like, I feel like when I started at the beginning of the pandemic, it was sort of a joke. And now I'm just, I'm right now literally wearing what look like sort of high-waisted Jinkos because that's the thing that's in now. So I feel like it's not a goof anymore. Right. Do I need to do a different decade? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to think about that while I think about upcycled. <laughs> You're right. I I literally saw someone wearing Jenko. I mean, I don't know if they were Jenkos, but they sure look like Jenkos. Yeah, no, we're all dragging our hymns in the dirt again. That's yeah. what we're doing. Huh. <laughs> well, I loved World's Oldest Delia, Delia's model, and I hadn't thought about the fact that now that is on trend. Yeah, I mean, it's so on trend, I could just like wear my regular clothes right. and take some shots. You should. <laughs> you should. Just, also, just I eyebrows are different I wasn't now. sure how to style pregnant Oldest Delia's, right. Delia's model. But. Oh, that's, that, adds a, that would have added a funny twist. <laughs> But I get it. Yes. Okay. Tony, I guess it's your turn. <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram ads. Tony Thaxton. And my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. If you live in LA, May 3rd at the Federal in North Hollywood with uh, Don't I'll Be Playing Drums with Don't Stop Roll Die and Townland. So come on out to that. Great. Love it. <laughs> I'll text you about it like later. like you didn't approve of that. No, I did. I was, I was trying to figure out when this is airing. Um, but... It, it, who cares you know it'll be so, this it'll be fine being, tired of being tethered to the calendar man yeah Listen, it'll just be what it yeah. is man you guys thank you for listening i love you you matter goodbye hey do you know about the allison rosen show we had a good time but now we gotta go Rosen is your new best friend.